Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Maple Leafs fans, to another episode of Game Over. I am your host, Lauren Williamson. On the other side of the screen, we have Fuad Solomon. We are here to celebrate and also mourn what could have been, but the more important thing, the Leafs captain, John Tavares, gets the most poetic ending to the game, forces overtime, getting his thousandth point to a rain of both stick taps from the other team and a rain of booze. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Game Over Toronto. We are happy to have you. Uh, I hope you had a good weekend. We are going to be here tonight and tomorrow night, obviously, as always, after every Leaf game. Um, please, before we get going, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. It really helps the stream. And please make sure you're active in the chat. We are going to ask answer all of your questions at the end at the presser. Uh, it can be about hockey. It can be about tonight's game. It can be about if we should fire Keith. whatever you want to do down in the chat. But Fuad, I mean, our yes. our our boss and and uh, Leafs prophesis professor, yeah. the 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 oracle of the Leafs. At it seems like at this point, Steve Dangle predicting accurately over an hour ago that the Leafs were going to tie the game with Tavares getting a thousand point, only to lose in overtime. Is that just <laughs> most poetic ending that that game could have had? <laughs> oh boy oh lauren yeah you know i think he he predicted steve predicted it but I, it, we, steve did predict it because he's seen this you know we like he's actually made this point like when you know how austin matthews got the four goal game yeah and they lost that game in overtime or yep. how austin matthews scored that ridiculous goal in chicago and did the paul kogan like let me hear that brother only and for kaner to end it doing with him doing the same thing oh and they, that was fantastic by the way but then this happened, the, one of the best moments of the season, because you, like it was so joyous because it was like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then I had a feeling it was going to happen. And then, you know, <laughs> he taps it in or he taps it towards Mor uh, Morgan Riley in the same way he does gets all his points, boring yep. and in front of the net. And then you, you had Mitch Marner pointing at him like, you, it was you, got it. Yep. And it was jubilant for like five minutes. Yeah. And... If that, and, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just, it was the most leafy ending to a Monday night game that we could have hoped for. Like in in recent years, and even so far this year, the Leafs on Monday nights generally don't play well. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's something in the water or what, but um, 
the Leafs generally don't play well to, on Monday night. So for them to come back the way that they did, even though they, you know, they go down 3-1 in the second period, it felt like from the outset of the second of the second period, Fuad, you're not sitting in the center, buddy. Oh, <laughs> You got to stop leaning in. Um, it felt like through the whole second period that overtime was just kind of going to happen. It kind of felt that way from like halfway through the second period, just all the way to the end of the game. I, I was shocked that they tied it with six seconds left, although it's something that they've done recently fairly commonly with an empty net, which has been great. But it felt like the whole second half of the game that we were just kind of working towards overtime. Did you feel that too? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like these teams always play tight. Like the Islanders are such a, like they just have a brand to them that they're always just, it's always they grind you out. They forecheck the hell out of you. Yeah. Like they did. Like all their goals were just based on just outworking the Leafs. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, I did feel that. Like I'm like, because it was kind of topsy-turvy. Like they started out, the Leafs started out really hot. Like I, I, I liked their start. I love the shots. Love the way they played. You know, Austin Matthews gets the goal. He's been buzzing. Just, yeah. I love him just shooting everything he sees. And then after that, it just became, like, so sloppy and just ugh, back in the mud. Like, they couldn't sustain that great start. And that's kind of what did them in because, you know, that was the difference. Obviously, you know, they tied, they were able to tie the game. But, you know, you didn't – you weren't able to capitalize on it, you know? Yeah. It, it- – yeah, I, I totally agree. It really felt like there were so many opportunities tonight where the Leafs could have been up 4-2 more than once. Like, Austin Matthews hit the post, what, three times tonight? Like, and he's up to, like, 20-something on the year. But it it's it really felt like the Leafs were just a shot away from, you know, scoring again the whole game. And yeah. even though they did manage to, you know, do the full comeback and come all the way back and push to overtime and get the get the one point, even though we would have liked two against the Islanders, of course, um, it really felt like they were just getting outworked a little bit and they were giving up a little bit too much room. The first, like, three goals that the Islanders scored were basically all within, like, four feet of the same spot on the ice. They were all, like, between the hash marks, between the face-off dots, a, a little bit up between the two. Eat the first three shots until overtime when Bo Horvat, of course, gets the gets the two on one and buries it, which is obviously don't get me wrong, that's a that's a really nice goal. Yeah. Uh, one you hope Samsonov saves, but it's a it's a goal and and it counts. And so of course the Leafs unfortunately fall to the New York Islanders. But I totally agree with you. It felt the whole game like they were one shot away, that they just needed to work a little bit harder. The second period specifically, they turned the tide really like as soon as the first period ended it really felt like it they needed a momentum swing the other way and even though the islanders scored again uh 3-1 a minute and 10 into the second period it it really felt like the leafs the whole game were just working towards an overtime um to start off like let's start off right at the beginning of the game right first of all that was might have been the quickest anthems i've ever heard my goodness oh, good job did you see did you watch the anthems they were so fast i was I, like okay i've seen a lot of bad canadian anthems i'm like at this point just stop just just do the american anthem just do it that's what you want to do like the way she was singing the anthem was like she was late for her train like oh yes. Canada. Oh, my late, late, love. <laughs> totally agree what is going on over here i'm like I'm like, why are you going so fast? And then I think she messed up like one of the, the verses, which I mean, it's pretty pretty common at this point. Just it happens. 
you can just do the American anthem. It's fine. I won't be I won't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, Tavares steps on the ice and gets booed. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, that after the game a little bit. Uh, okay. Marner can't bury that one goal 60 seconds in. He almost buried that beautiful shot. Yeah. Um, literally one minute into the game, it really felt... It felt like the Leafs were going to sort of dominate the Islanders like they have in previous games, but the Islanders have obviously turned the page and turned the corner a little bit and are playing better than they have in years past where the Leafs were just kind of running their show. They definitely put up way more of a fight tonight. So if you are an Islanders fan watching, got to give your team props tonight. They were advantageous. They found a lot of space and they... They outworked the Leafs, and they were really able to stop the Leafs cycle game for a lot of the game. They were getting in all the passing lanes. They were it, You could tell that they watched the game tape. You know, there it's like some games you can just tell where one team really prepares for how a team plays the cycle game that they play, and the Islanders just do that so well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a styles clash in that yes. sense. Where, like, they, they, these two teams, it would be... Like, I would be, like, if you had a board of, like, how many teams I'd be afraid of as a Leafs fan to play in the playoffs, this be, this would be one team. Because the Islanders, like, they play such a, like, a grinding style, like, where they, they work, they work so hard. Like, you could tell, yeah. like, they outwork, their, they outwork their opponents, right? Yeah. And. That's and Lou Lamarillo hockey, right? Yeah. It's it's old school. It's it's like the Panthers. Like, they're kind of like the Spider-Man meme to each other. And I, like, I like the way the Leafs played at times, but I found that if you did the, preponderance of it like it'd be like i think 65 percent. i'd say the islanders were i don't know the real numbers i'm just pick, making the numbers up <laughs> we're definitely like dominating the game i would say yeah and and even though in the first period even though the least were definitely getting chances the islanders were winning in the score chart right they were winning in the score chart they were winning on the shot clock um, and even the Leafs were getting good opportunities, the Leafs, were, the Islanders were capitalizing on them more, which is how you win the game. So obviously, you know, I would have really liked to have seen uh, uh, Samsonov score, uh, save, sorry, the third goal specifically, and we're going to get there. But uh, Austin Matthews scoring his 19th goal of the season, tying Nikita Kucherov. Uh, he had a fantastic game tonight. Obviously, we're going to get some criticisms, of course, as well. But... Uh, <laughs> Austin Matthews, my goodness, uh, what a game. Even though it seems like he's still kind of in- inconsistent a little bit, he's not quite as as on brand and as consistent as we would have hoped by now. I don't think he's injured or anything, but he just he's having kind of like a spotty thing, even though he scored like two goals last game, and even tonight he scores. And so obviously, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're picking the world's teeniest feathers out of the pillow, but it's, it was, it was really good to see him score, you know, five minutes in, Leafs score first. It's something that they've, they have done, but for the most part in the season, they don't score first. And then of course, what happens four minutes later? Islanders right away. Uh, Yep. (laughs) And then a minute within that, the Leafs get um, a, a PK. And uh, we do see you in the chat saying trade William Nylander. We need to talk about the Leafs penalty kill. Be- Already trade William Nylander? I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Like <laughs> the Leafs penalty kill in the last, since November 17th is 96.3%. And William Nylander is on that penalty kill. Don't get me wrong. He, he certainly has moments where he takes shifts off. And I am a proponent of saying that William Nylander has had a streaky history of not playing as hard and as intensely as maybe all of us Leaf fans would hope he would all the time. He but, logs off at the wrong time. Yes. His his controller 100% just disconnects. 100%. Yes. <laughs> but 
part of the penalty kill being so good is because even though he has these shifts where he does take it off, he is one of the best on the Leafs in terms of getting the puck back, in terms of getting in the lane, in terms of stick checking, in terms of stick lifts, in terms of all of those things that you want on a penalty kill in order for the other team to not have possession. He's pretty good at it. So I was just as surprised as anybody when he was put on the PK this year because I am aware of the fact, and I'm sure you are too, Fuad, about how... Yes, it's weird because especially up until... This year, he was not someone that we necessarily thought of as good defensively. And even though he no. still has moments in games where he, sh- you know, those bad habits come back and he stops playing, don't you? Can you see the difference on the PK that he I, makes? I, I, I mean, I like that they. Th- there's more aggression. I mean, these guys. The, there's more aggressiveness, I guess, in the PK to where it's like these guys are forwards. They're kind of trained. It's in them. It's like innate for a forward to want to jump up. Yeah. And make something happen. So I, I like that. I think, I mean, it might cost them at times. I think it's going to be might there. You, you might, you're going to have a time where it's going to be like, well, what the, what did you just do? Yeah. But and it's happened. Majority of the time, and I like that they're putting, you know, William Nylander on the PK to where it's like, it kind of trains it. It kind of trains it into him to like play in that tough position to where it's like, yeah, in that high leverage moment when, when if you make the playoffs, it's, it's an if this year. Yeah. Probably, but it's an if. Yep. When, like when you're in that situation, how can you handle it? I I, I kind of like that they're doing that they're giving him the opportunity. To say, hey, you have a reputation. Show us you show us it's wrong. So it's not founded the reputation. Yeah, yeah, and and that's exactly it. It's it's Keith going to William Nylander and saying, okay, this is your opportunity to sort of somewhat erase this bad reputation that you have of not being good defensively because he does have these moments where he's able to be more of a 200 foot player and not just an offensive threat where he is, is somebody that can be very good defensively and very responsible with the puck. But there are moments where it's like, what are you doing? But despite all of that, the Leafs kill that penalty. And even though Sezika scores with a minute and 30, 27 seconds to go, um, that Marner missed interception right in front of the net. Like, oh, it, that's rough. like that's they deserve to, they deserve to like intercept meter on that. Like how many times out of a hundred does, does Mitch Marner stop that puck right in front of the net? Yeah. I'm you had to guess. I, I don't like that. I mean, if you're in front, but if you're in front of the net, you got it. It got, has got to be a hundred percent. Yes. You know, it's a hundred percent. Yes. Like it was so strange that he was there. And I, I think they, I mean, the, all the goals they got outworked. Yes. Around like at the back of the net yep. where it's like he was in that position. Like there's a lot of guys out of position on all the goals. Yeah. But that one was weird. I'm like, I don't know like what else he could have done there. But like when you're in front of the net, if you miss, it's in. Like there's no yeah. fault of Samsonov. I actually thought, I mean, we'll get to that. Like you said, but I thought Samsonov was pretty fantastic in this game because all the goals were on pretty bad, like brain farts by the team. Like there was a lot of breakdowns that just led to goals that were pretty hard to stop. Maybe and, the Brock Nelson goal, he probably could have stopped, but most of them I'm like, and he made some big saves. Like it could have been like a four, four, two loss, five, two loss, but he made some big saves. But yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep that puck. You gotta, you, you gotta just not fumble that. No fumble the bag in front of the net. Yeah. It's your one job, right? Like one job. And, and tonight you see a, a fantastic goalie in Ilya Sorokin on the Islanders, like runner-up for the Vesna last year, and tonight he showed it, even though there were a couple times where he was beaten, but the post saved his ass. Um, like, that is a Vesna caliber goaltender. 
a hundred percent every basically every game and so for the least to even score three on him obviously it's not the same as a win and i wish that we won tonight but that's not something that usually happens to Leo Sorokin. So it was good that they were able to get that many shots on. But on the other side of it, I kind of agree. All three of the goals scored by the Islanders in regular time were all kind of in the same area. And it was all by people that were kind of left out by themselves with no one there because of defensive collapses, because the defensemen go too far down. One of them ends up behind the net. The other one ends up also behind the red line trying to support the other defender. And instead you have someone that is, even if it's a, a fantastic defensive forward like Mitch Marner, it's just not the same as a defenseman. And every time yeah. it happened tonight, the Islanders scored. And like, again, credit where credit's due. Like you give them an opportunity and they're going to seize on it again. Like you said, similar to the Panthers. And it, it was just, it wasn't, it's, it was kind of, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it was kind of nice to not just see the Islanders play just the slog style game that Blue feels Lamarillo like a, yes, the games that feel like they take four and a half hours and end up only two, one, like it was a very fast paced game on both sides of the ice tonight. And even though the Leafs were down to one to end the first period, you know, the shots were 13 to eight for the Islanders. It felt like everything was in, within reach. And then of course, Kyle Palmieri, uh, Islander left all alone in the zone is the note that I have a minute and 10 seconds into the second period. That was a rough goal. Yeah. And I actually wrote Leafs keep losing in the corners and Leafs keep losing the co- their covers. They weren't able oh. to stick to their defensemen. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. Well, like the structure there, like I had to watch it a couple times. I wanted to see like everything there, like everything broke down. Like it broke down from the other end of the ice. And then some guy like they got beat going to their own zone. Like two guys were out of position. Like what? Like what is? Like is it a structure thing or is it just not being? Is it just just being out? Like being outsmarted, being slow, slower than your <laughs> opponent. Like what? Like what is it there? Like how much of that do you put on the system there? Like because we see a lot of these breakdown type goals. I mean, I mean every team probably has them mm-hmm. that we would probably hyper focus on the Leafs. But like that kind of thing, I'm like, geez. How, where in the book did you read that? Where in the playbook was that, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of it is just their system breaking down. I think a little bit was, I, of course, this isn't, we're now into speculation area. It felt really like the Leafs were a little bit more frantic than I, than they have played in the last few games. They felt a little bit more desperate and kind of, just desperate in in like frantically desperate for two thirds of the game, even though they were playing really well, it felt like they were chasing the game kind of the whole time. And it felt like they were a step behind the Islanders. It felt like every time there was a, a like a one-on-one or a puck chase between an Islander and a Leaf, it was a lot closer than I would have liked on the Leafs end of it because the Islanders are very fast. And uh, that's not something that the Leafs have a lot of strength in now because they some of those players have now gone. One of them is now on the Islanders, our favorite giraffe, uh, Pierre Engvall. Uh, how yeah. glad were you that he didn't score? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I thought he was going to get the OT. I thought he was going to get the OT winner for sure. There was no way he wasn't going to get it for sure. That's, that's normally thought. free space. That's a free space on Leafs bingo. bingo. But I yeah. guess in this one, it got out out cursed by the ending, which you'll get to, of course. Yeah. By losing that game where it was such a joyous moment. It was like 
everyone jumping on the guy. But I mean, we'll get yeah. Like it felt like they lost I'm the surprised plot. Pierre Engvall did not score a goal. It's kind of weird seeing him on that team. I'm like, oh, the guy that we always thought could do more but never did was on the Islanders. I'm like, oh, Engvall. Like it's just hard. It's hard to see him on another team for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are things about his game that I definitely miss on the Leafs. Like he was very good on the PK. I don't miss how much of a a goal black hole he was or wasn't i guess um the Tavares goal with 13 minutes to go in the second period uh <laughs> still getting booed five years later it was oh, yeah. a really nice goal yeah it was a really I, nice goal you, yeah you could see you could see it starting to set up where like and yeah. connor timmons he like, connor timmons offensively was really good this game like i i like what he, what what we saw from him this game defensively oh, a little bit of another story yeah but great feed to Tavares and like like I said before every one of John I feel like every one of John Tavares's goals is it's like his personality is the goals like it's so <laughs> rudimentary no wasted motion no wasted words yeah just fundamental in the net that's it yeah you know like that it's it just feels like his play matches his personality but yeah again it was a great golden I mean that deflection like he's the deflection king and it got us closer. That's what got the game kind of like, because the game started to get away and we're like, I was kind of watching and being like, oh, okay, there you go. 3-1 against the Islanders. Yep. Let's just slog this to the end. But he gets the goal. You know, every, the bench is going crazy. I'm like, oh, dang, there's something else to play for here. And yeah, it got it got the game going. And I'm glad that they had that kind of incentive at least to get the, get the extra point, I guess. But yeah, it was a great goal, and uh, it made the game interesting, which is not often with a game against the Islanders. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and again, like, I, I mean, we're we're sort of chirping the Islanders a little bit, but we're also giving them credit where it's due. And oh, I will. they, they're, it's they're definitely, <laughs> it's definitely like a breath of fresh air seeing them play a different style. I'm glad they're getting kind of away from just playing metapod style hockey where their main goal is to just harden it um and even though the the end of the second period the shots were 26 to 23 it really felt like the Leafs were right on the heels of the islanders leading into the third period and gregor can't bury the goal with uh five minutes in on the third period alone in front of the net like forehand backhand and just i mean a great save but one that you would i mean maybe you win the game there Right. If you win the, if you if you tie it there, I mean, it's we're just I'm just getting ahead of myself. But if yeah. you tie the game there, like that's that's a chance that normally Noah Gregor does well on, and that's I mean he's a fourth liner. Like I want the Leafs to resign him now. I think he's been probably the one of the best acquisitions of the summer. Low key, um, has been Noah Gregor. But I thought I thought that was going in. I thought it was in. Yeah, I mean Ilya Sorokin is 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 a absolute wall. Like he's a fantastic goaltender. So oh, yeah. any other goalie probably goes in. I mean it's, Noah Gregor, like you said, has has a great set of hands. Like yeah. he he scored the first goal of the season. I mean he scored a ton of snipes. So I think maybe he thought too much about it and like went forehand backhand. Like maybe he did just a quick instinct boom. Yeah. But in those moments, you know those moments. I mean the Leafs. Like the Islanders had those moments too, where they were right in front yep. of the net. I feel like there was a lot of those, just right in breakdowns, slot shots, and none of them went in. It was kind of a strange, 
kind of a strange one in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the uh, <laughs> the Islanders, Riley, their own version of Riley was hurt. Luckily, uh, obviously, even though we aren't Islanders fans, we don't want anyone hurt in any hockey game. He actually went to the room and came back and actually did play again in the game, which was good to see. The Clutterbuck shot saved by Samsonov with six minutes and 39 seconds to goal. The Scorpion save with his leg up, uh, keeping the Leafs with, with a fighting chance. Timeout with 63 seconds to go and Morgan Riley with 6.4 seconds to go from the captain John Tavares getting him his thousandth point and William Nylander and like we said at the start uh the bench cleared the ref said it was cool I don't know who was happier I don't know if it was Mitch Poppy or John Tavares's dad like did you see the footage of him cheering in the box dad yeah oh my gosh his dad is such a stoic guy like I can see where he gets it like he's a serious I could see it the whole game. He's just sitting there just like, I've seen this before. Like, it's that's where he gets like, – like, they look very alike. And oh, yeah. I love seeing his emotion too because you can tell he's a pretty stern guy. Like, yep. like, he's probably – like, he seems like a stern, stoic guy. And Tavares too, I like seeing him, like, celebrate extra because, again, like, he's someone that we don't usually see show that much emotion. Kind of yeah. reminded me a little bit of game six where it was like oh, – we felt that we like we felt that emotion come out of him because he he's a pretty you know he had that clutch goal and he had a clutch goal here um to tie the game but yeah what, i mean what a great milestone for sure like what an awesome like what is it like 90 something players ever 98 a, he's a 98th player 98th player wow so not even 100 and how many players have probably played in the nhl maybe like what 30,000 i don't just made that up <laughs> but there's like a thousand now so probably more right like yeah you know, it's a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people have done that. He's in the top 0.01 percentile. That's great. I mean, that's something that you can't take away from him. He's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Sure. It's uh, even, yeah, regardless of whatever else he does in his career, just that milestone alone is something to really consider. There are a lot of players that play way more games than any other player in the league that never get even close to getting a thousand points. So obviously a huge moment for him. And even before the show, um, before the show, before the game, uh, John was actually talking in the pregame interviews about how, how special it was. Cause it's actually the dad's trip right now. The, the yeah. dads were there on Saturday as well. And of course today, and I think they're going to be there tomorrow. Um, and he actually talked openly about the fact that his dad wasn't able to come and see him play a lot when he was growing up because his dad was working two, three jobs, six, seven days a week in order to provide enough resources and enough yeah. opportunity for his son to be able to go and and live his dream. And so for for his dad to have been there tonight, even though, I mean, it's it's kind of a perfect like full circle moment, right? Like he gets drafted by the the Islanders, he leaves and he gets his thousandth point back um, against the team that drafted him. And even the Islanders themselves were given stick taps on the bench. And um, you know, regardless of what team any any player plays for, when they hit a thousand points, it's rarefied air. And it's really special that his dad was not only able to be there, but it was you know against his former team and and with the team that he's probably going to retire with that he's the captain of and it was just it was just a, a just a great moment and i think we i hope like i should have put money on it because it was just so perfect for it to have happened tonight i'm so happy it did because everyone involved like i don't know who seemed happier like his yeah. like that's probably more emotion than his dad has shown publicly like in his life 
Yeah. I mean, like I should have I should have just turned off the game there. I should have yes. turned it off. Yep. Like that would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been great. Like like you said, obviously a beautiful moment like, you know, very human moment which I I, I like yeah. to look at in sports. You know, I like to look beyond the beyond the sticks and the pucks and the numbers. I like to look at the human side of the game. That's kind of my favorite side and that's that was great. And you know, if John Tavares, I, I kind of wish John Tavares had a little bit more attitude to where, like, he just did, like, he kind of, like, did this to the crowd or something like that. But I guess, you know, he didn't have to because, you know, he's, they, they, did, they did lose in the end. But, no, <laughs> that would have been, <laughs> no. That would have I mean, made that's, it worse. That's the opposite of his personality. I was <laughs> yeah. just kind of saying, like, I might have done that, but I'm not John Tavares. I don't play in the NHL. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely, you know, it was definitely a really good moment and you can tell that he was that John was just so excited for it to happen and I think a lot of his family and stuff were there as well and it's a really special moment like you said you know professional athletes no matter how old they are to some degree they have kind of like a stunted growth development just because their lives are so different from the time that they're basically teenagers for the most of their adult life that they don't have the same like they don't have the same necessarily like the same milestones that a lot of regular people go through, right? They don't have like a lot of hockey players didn't graduate high school the normal way. They did, but it was like distance learning. So a lot of them never attended those sorts of yeah. things. So, you know, the moments like that, that parents don't get to have with their kids, there's only so few moments that professional athletes get to have with their children to have with their parents pardon me um in order to celebrate those sorts of things and so for his dad to be present tonight like i'm just so sure that sure they would have liked to have gotten the second point absolutely but for him to have gotten a like a point on the game tying goal in new york is just uh, maybe we should have turned the game off on it you know yeah should have done it there yeah unfortunately we do have to talk about the fact that uh even though they do you know, tie the game with 6.4 seconds to go. And they do end the third period, the shots, 35 to 34, the Leafs. Bo Horvat on a two-on-one, buries it, uh, and a heck of a goal. Boy, is he is he, uh, is he he a game changer for the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a fantastic trade they made last season now. Like, that is something like, like Lula Morello, for his advanced age and his, his quirks, as far as things that he wants people to be clean-shaven and the, Numbers, he, what are, he's effective. Like he's made some moves. Like I'm, I, you're not, you're not going to catch me chirping. No, nothing about the Islanders. They're a great organization. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I mean, I can't because they'll come out back at me. I, I have nothing to say. But yeah, like get, going out and getting Bo Horvat and, and re-signing him to that deal, like that was a great piece of business because he fits, you know, need, that team needing scoring. Like it has a defensive structure and that grinded out mentality. But he's a perfect fit for the New York Islanders for sure. Yeah. He's looked great, and it was the first time that the Leafs have played against the Islanders since acquired since they, since they acquired Bo Horvat, and it really seems to have changed the, uh, enough of the fabric that that they needed in order to really try and right the ship a little bit and be a little bit less of a cocoon and more of a I don't know a poisonous bug of some sort. I don't know. Um, so Leafs lose in overtime. John Tavares gets his thousandth point. Now let's get to a tough topic that I'm sure they talked about on last game and I'm sure will be a topic of conversation until 
our boy Joseph Wall comes back. Uh, he is confirmed to have had a high ankle sprain. Obviously, that's not great news, but it is significantly better news than I think a lot of us were expecting. Fuad, how were you relieved or were you more upset by the fact that it's a high ankle sprain? Yeah, high ankle sprain. Uh, it's it sounds better than like sprain always like psychologically sounds better. It's not great though. Like high ankle sprain is especially high ankle sprain. Like it's not it's like a lot longer of an injury. Uh, I mean, like go, seeing him go down. Like I, I remember, I was moving. I didn't see the game, but I saw the. I just looked at the score and I saw Martin Jones was in net and the, the, the game was tied. And I'm like, hmm, something's not right here. And yeah. then. I saw the clips of him getting injured. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. As soon as Joseph Wall gets momentum as, like, the starter, like this young, brand-new starter making – and he made, like, three 10-beller saves. Yep. Goes down like that, and it's – it was rough. But I'm glad, obviously, like, it's not going to be season-ending. Yes. And, like, it's not a torn ACL. It's not a broken ankle. Like, it's not surgery. So it's good in my book as far as – it's not great, but it's – it's as, as good as to be expected. Yes. It's 100% the lesser of the evils, right? I actually thought the same thing. I actually thought it was a knee because of the way he skated off and the way he was holding his knee up. I thought for sure he tore an ACL or pulled his groin or some other major spring in his leg. Uh, obviously, high ankle sprains are not a good thing. That's currently what Timothy Lilligren is off with. The identical injury. Obviously, it was sustained a little bit differently. Um, but Timothy Lilligren skated on Saturday. I actually did. I was actually at morning morning skate on Saturday, which was pretty cool. Um, and uh, he was skating, and he looked pretty good. Now, obviously, he didn't take part in practice, but he did like the full morning skate. He was pretty competitive. Obviously, he's yeah. still a little bit away from being back. But like Timothy Lilligren's been out since the beginning of November and we've six weeks. Yeah. And roughly. the Leafs are still 14, six and four with one of our best defensemen out of the lineup. And Mark Giordano also out of the lineup. And obviously we were all hoping that Joseph Wool would be able to be the backstopper that we've all been hoping. And he has shown himself to be, but it's it. I can't, I mean, I think we're all kind of, uh, quietly holding our breath uh waiting for him to come back and don't get me wrong like we have martin jones and i feel better about that than uh, michael hutchinson but oh boy uh we'll get to we'll get a good opportunity to see martin jones in a full a regular season game tomorrow against the rangers um samson off hey he played pretty well you know like, yeah the silver lining here if there is to be a silver lining and it's not a if there is to be anything in an injury, you have to find a silver lining. That's it. Like, it's an injury. It happened. you got to move on. But it gives Ilya Samsonov the chance to to have the net for a while. It's like he's no one's – he's not looking over his shoulder. Like, Martin Jones, yeah. you know, he's going to be solid, we think, to – like Good enough. Backup, but he's not going to challenge him for the top spot. No. So he gets a chance to regain his confidence that I've seen. And I've seen him in this game. He didn't lose his posts. He wasn't frantic as much. Get a lot of the goals I found were breakdowns and really hard ones to stop. So the hope is you get Samson off right, get Samson off right. You slowly reintroduce Wool, and all of a sudden, got maybe a one A one B again instead of one and two. Like mm -hmm. I don't know. That's the only way you can. That's I mean that's the way they're thinking. I'm sure it's not. They can't dwell and say, oh no, no Joseph Wool, we're screwed. Whatever will we do? They they got to move on, right? That's. 
That's life. That's sports, right? Yeah, that's definitely one of those there's no point in crying over spilled milk kind of ideas, yeah. right? And uh, like you said, we'll get a really good full opportunity to see how um, Martin Jones plays tomorrow in a full game, which will be very interesting, if nothing else. Um, and, of course, I do think, considering how well Samsonov played the other night getting the shutout, I was a little bit surprised to see him let in four tonight. You know, you would have hoped that one of those would have been called back. I think the second goal was the one where he was screened really badly by Austin Matthews. Um, A lot of those goals he saved, but unfortunately, not enough. Um, So obviously, uh, we want Joseph Will back as soon as possible. And and challenging once again for the 1A spot um, because just in the in the short time that we've had him as our starter, he has brought just, it feels like the Leafs play so calm and so, they have so much confidence in their defensive side yeah. of it. And it felt like tonight, it felt like they were playing, they knew they were playing in front of Sammy a little bit, but let's hope that he shakes that one off and the Leafs are able to move on. Obviously we do get a point and we do force overtime would have loved to have gotten the second point, especially on the dad's trip with Tavares getting the thousandth point with his dad in the building. But as they say, unfortunately you can't win them all. Um, Matthew in the chat with a very high, a very good point that I think we should talk about. The Islanders are now minus 14 in the third period. The Leafs needed to take more advantage of this. I did not know that. Wow. So thank you, Matthew, for that Dang. statistic. A hundred percent. The Leafs needed to take better advantage of that. And they had a lot of shots on goal. It felt like they were, like I said, they, it felt like they were forcing overtime basically the whole third period. Um, yeah. And there was more than one opportunity where the Leafs could have banked a banked a banked a fourth one in, and it just it just felt like it wasn't going to roll that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, great stat. Credit to uh, Matthew in the chat. I, I didn't know that. I mean, but you, you could kind of see it, I guess, like where you know they kind of didn't have the same word. Like you could see which teams won each period. Yes, I think the first was the first started out pretty well with the Leafs, like I said, but like you know the Islanders won, won the first, the first period. Two periods. Leafs won the third. I mean, like I think yep. they won the third period, but you, you don't win by periods; you win by games. But yeah, it was really interesting. They should have done. I mean, I guess you know they they got it together to keep it not keep it minus fourteen and not minus fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, the Leafs do have to. It, it's it's a story of the season. You got to take advantage, and you got to take advantage of when you when you're up, when you and they weren't up in this game, but when you have have the edge right yeah for sure and uh, i know that there are some islanders fans in the chat we do see so thanks for watching um hey i uh i'm normally i don't uh i don't pump the tires of the team we played against and lost against but i just want to say for islanders fans that are nice people i'm glad that your team is playing a little bit better and it's probably a lot better hockey to watch normally Leafs games against the Islanders are kind of a kind of a crapshoot. They're either yeah. very high scoring offensive games for the Leafs, or it's just a defensive uh, nightmare bog from the never ending story. And so, for the Leafs and Islanders to play have such a fast paced, such a high paced game, I was. I mean, I think we're both. Let's just air a high five here. Let's air a high five. Uh, how good, how good of a hockey game that was. Even though the Leafs don't get the second point, and obviously we want that all the time. Yes, please, let's go. For the Islanders fans. Okay. I have a question. Why do they continue to boo John Tavares when I get, I get it, but why do they continue? That was going to be my next, my next point. Yeah. Okay. 
It's I'll been you do, yeah. You do so to the nice Islanders fans, please welcome. Can you tell us why it's been five years and you're still? How long is it going to be? Like, is his contract going to expire and like he's oh, still yeah. going to be booed? Like, here right. I, I had a thought in the second period, in the second, uh, in the second intermission there, not period. Um, what would happen? Just in, just, just let's remove ourselves from this fandom bubble really quick. What would happen if? Let's say in some other multiverse, John Tavares finishes his contract here in Toronto and then goes back to the island. Oh. Like, would they go back? Would they still boo him? No. Would you want. I don't think so. Islanders fans, would you want him. First of all, would you want him back? Let's say it's on a very reduced contract. And how do you think the upset fans that continue to boo him, how do you think that that would go over? Like. I think that I I mean I'm here for the chaos <laughs> at that point if that was to happen. It's a good point. I mean, we've seen an analog of that, not quite the same player, but like LeBron James left Cleveland in 2010, went back in 2014. Now you still like the, like the level of athlete is not the same. But when he came back, it was the hatred was over. He was back. He was the favorite son of Ohio right. again. Right. Now, what I asked, what I was going to ask is why did they get you to because since Tavares left, it's not like they've not made the playoffs or been in the dark ages. I get that. Mm-hmm. But since he left, they've been the best. They've played the best Islander hockey in 40 years, like two conference finals. They have this amazing culture. You'd think they'd kind of let bygones be bygones and be like, hey, good trade-off here. We, we lost our captain, our star, but we got this new culture and this new team that, you know, could was is closer to a Stanley Cup than it was. I think... It's a good trade. Yeah, and and it, from what it from what it looks like in the chat, a lot of Islanders fans, the Islanders fans don't really want him back. Which, fair wow. enough. Um, <laughs> if that's how you really feel, then I respect it. And uh, I am. I would imagine that, you know, it would be a very weird thing to happen. And I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm just I'm just playing no, chaos Elmo here. No. Um, I do think that obviously he's going to retire as a Leaf, but I do wish that at some point maybe to some degree that that wound would at least if not heal at least like scab over to some degree yeah like his dad was in the building and he got a thousand (laughs) points and like people were still flipping him off and maybe it's just a new yorker thing and i'll never understand maybe that's what it is walk in here maybe that's what it is maybe that's what it is (laughs) and uh that happened though i will say though that happened like Again, like another basketball thing, but with the Raptors, Raptors fans booed Vince Carter forever, for about six years. That's he true. Left six years about that. No, even like 10 years. They moved him for 10 years, now that I think about it. He comes, so it was the 20th anniversary of the Raptors. They they put the, the Videotron on the on the Jumbotron for the 20th anniversary. They bring him, like he's there, and they, they honored him for the first time on the screen. People started booing, and then slowly they started cheering. And he comes out, and he's crying, and that was it. After that moment... He he was cheered like a conquering hero. Yeah. So maybe it takes 10 years. Maybe the Islanders game office got to play a video, be like, hey, welcome back. And then maybe they'll be like, okay, we get, okay, sorry. We, okay. 
Maybe not. I don't I know. I think they different tried cities, that already. Situations. I'm just finding. I think he's already gotten a dedication video, but I digress. Oh, did he? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, That's <laughs> state of survival. We will boo for 150 plus years. Well, then I <laughs> applaud your commitment, sir or applaud madam. Hey. I applaud your commitment. Um, please make sure you hit your your questions down in the chat. We're going to be doing the press conference in just a quick second. Make sure if you're down there, you hit like and subscribe while you do as well. Um, did you have anything specifically that you want to talk about about the end of the game here, Fuad? I think we got it. I mean, I think we got a lot of it. There was a question towards the top, I think also from Matthew again. Um, who comes out? Where is it? Who do you take out for Lilligren? Uh, that's a good question. I think you would have to take out... Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, I guess, I mean, Benoit's been really good. I mean, Lagasin's pretty tough. I guess, like... I like Lagasin's games. I like Lagasin's game. I would rather take out, like, Simone Benoit, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess... Again, both those guys were not NHL defensemen to start the season, so it's like you're still you're still getting your NHL defenseman back. He's at least a top six guy, so yeah, I'm not gonna cry either way. You just you kind of gotta pick the guy you think is shown his shown himself to be better, and you you put him in there. I mean, none of those guys are probably gonna finish the season up. Most of them probably won't, considering what's probably gonna happen at the trade deadline. I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of shenanigans, some sort of Roster turnover, so I don't think you're going to see William Lagasin or Benoit start the playoffs. That's my prediction. no, so I'm like, no. Yeah, so it's going to happen eventually. Whatever it is, I think uh, just get get some better defensemen. <laughs> Luke Venables, welcome back, Luke. Uh, frequent flyer, Luke Venables. If you had your choice, would you prefer your favorite American team to win the cup or your least favorite, most hated Canadian team to win the cup? Um, I would. Uh, I would want my favorite American team to win because I don't want to think about how insufferable Andrew Berkshire would be if they won the cup right now while I'm working for SDPN. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I want to consider that. So quick answer, my American team, go Kraken. Let's go. How about you, Fled? Excellent yeah, question, yeah. Luke. Excellent question. That's a good question. So the Eastern Seaboard Canadian teams, so all the Eastern Conference Canadian teams aside from, so two of them aside from the Leafs, uh, yeah, those ones would be tough. Yeah, I I felt like the I like Colorado winning the cup a couple of years ago. I kind of like jump on the bad wagon just because I'm such a Nazem Kadri fan. Right. So like that felt really good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, Montreal winning the cup. I, I'd be like the the fan the fandom there is just so great, but I can't I can't fathom that happening. It would hurt too much. I would lose it. Uh, give me a Canadian team I don't hate, like the Oilers winning the cup. I don't I don't mind them. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yes, America team. Go. America team to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. Um uh Brandon Paul, welcome to the game over, Brandon. Happy to have you here. STPN, did you see the thousandth point the Isles put up? But congrats, JT graphic up on the Jumbotron. I did. And I actually do think that the Isles as an organization is classy. I think yeah. that sometimes some of your fans not so great. But on the flip side of that, there are lots of least fans that are pieces of shit. So Fair enough. Um, You're big groups of people. Some people are going to suck. That's just the way it is. Yeah. It's just by proxy. That's what's going to happen. Who's going to go? Nylander or Mona? Or will they? the team sign both? Oh, 
I, uh, man, I can't even fathom going back into Marner negotiations again, if I'm being real. Um, I think if you keep one, I, I, I don't know how you trade Mitch Marner simply because of his no move. You can. I mean, well, you, you can if he wants to go, but I mean, have, yeah. have you seen much? Okay, Mitch Marner here is basically Shaquille O'Neal and Snoop Dogg. He gets so much endorsements <laughs> Toronto. I don't think he's leaving on his own accord. And, you know, he loves it here. He's from here. I don't think he's going to – yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, like, they kind of painted themselves into a corner. Like, I know that, you know, Steve theorized on his podcast that, you know, if it wasn't for Kyle Dubas, you know, saying, I don't know if I'm going to come back, and then Shanahan firing him, that one of those guys would have been gone. And people think, hey, probably would have been Marner because he would have fetched more. Yeah. And he would have had a no-move no – he wouldn't have had his no-move clause kick in. But that's then. This is now. Yeah. I mean, I'd say – Marner, if you could get, that's the thing. You know, you can't because then you have no leverage. If he just says, "I'll only go to Montreal," well, you're not going to trade him there, and then Montreal will offer you a fourth round pick. Like, there's no, no. Sometimes players say that they only want to go to Montreal, and then they end up going to the Kings, right, Pierre Luc Dubois? So, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. always something you can do. But yeah, I think I think at this point, like I think like logically, it would probably be Nylander, but he's going to expire. They they're in a bad they're in a tough position. They got to find another way. They got to sign both. That's the only way. Nick has you know, the like, best point them. of this whole argument. But Nylander takes the TTC. You have a good argument. Yeah. You have a I good guess. argument, Nick. That's cuz he's I think that's cuz he's always late. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's why he's late. That's why he's late as he takes the TTC. Uh, let's do one last question from Abby. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask the question. Who would you rather win the cup, Boston or Montreal? No. Um, if if you put a gun to the earth, uh, I would have to say Montreal just because I will never root for Boston. Ever. Ever. Sorry. Ever. Yeah. I would rather have. I would rather have to deal with Andrew Berkshire having won the cup and his team having won the cup, then Boston again. <laughs> if, I think it's been long enough for teams? Montreal. Yeah, between those two teams, what are you picking? Between those two teams, I would say Ole, Ole, Ole. I would say that for sure. Listen, Montreal's fans have suffered longer than Boston fans have, okay? That city yes. wins all the time. They always win. Yep. All their teams win. Montreal always, could use a dub. kid at the parade says, I've been to this many parades. And I'm like, I'm 30 and bald and I've been to one. So Montreal, they haven't won since I've been born. So yep. I would pick them. I, I, I'd i be happier. I, I, Andrew Berkshire is a friend. So I'd be like, hey, I'm happy for you. You know, one of my best friends, a Montreal fan too. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you know what? Go Habs, go. Done. Mm. Oh, don't say that. I might in have that to mute you next time. I ha- don't make me mute you. I have the button. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got the button. You got the, button. <laughs> the other thing, too, is Montreal does have blue and white. So if I, like, squint really badly, I could pretend like it's not them. Um, all right. So if you have stuck with us through the whole stream, thank you for being here. I hope you had a good time hanging out with Fuad and I. Uh, I think Harnish who's gonna who's streaming tomorrow? Harnish and I. Harnish and Fuad are gonna be streaming tomorrow after the Rangers game. Uh let's hope the Leafs can get a better outcome on the other half of New York against the Rangers, who are also on a heater. That is going to be an awesome game. I will be in the chat tomorrow, so please make sure you are here. Um if you had a good time, please make sure you hit like and subscribe. If you have any questions that we didn't get to, please throw them in the comment section. We will try and answer them tomorrow or whenever Fuad and I stream again together. Um you can find both of us on Twitter. I am at Lauren in the six. My name is Lauren Williamson. Fuad, 
Go ahead and pump yourself there, buddy. Hey, I'm Fuad. Um, I'm Fuad underscore sports at Twitter. On Twitter, I, I rant about the Raptors a lot lately and uh, the Leafs. <laughs> just, I just rant about – it's all – it's like very, it's like, like negative Toronto sports, and sometimes I put out videos and stuff like that. So take a look. You, I think you'll enjoy it. Could be fun. Could be fun. So before we head off, I do just want to say one extra congratulations to our captain, John Tavares. Uh, congratulations, sir, on your 1,000 point. Well earned. Happened, happy to have you as the captain of our team. Go Leafs go. We will be back tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody. Game!